Well, happy Friday, Limeland, and happy Friday, Garrett. You know, it's the funniest thing. It feels like it was Friday yesterday. I, I believe you made yesterday an honorary Friday, didn't you? I, I, I believe I you chose turned to, that yes. into a second Friday. I had a difficult time at my day job yesterday and needed it to be Friday. Not so much today, not a difficult day. Glad it's Friday today. Uh, at least you beat the whatever storm that is rolling through downtown Lima right now. I didn't know hurricanes could be in Lima, Ohio, but here we are. Well, I'll tell you what. When I came past the fairgrounds and it went from being really sunny to, to just a little bit of cloud cover, but an absolute cloud burst for about two minutes, and then I got to the stoplight, and it stopped, and it was like, okay, where'd that go? And then I got to the hospital, and it did it again. <laughs> and so as I'm getting out of my car, I'm looking around thinking, looks like it might still do it. Yeah, we can. And I don't, again, I don't know what they named that storm that just blew through the square, but it made the trees <laughs> go sideways, and I'm seeing cars splash water up nearly halfway up the side of their doors. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't so, know it was raining that hard to flood uh, markets or Main Street and Market Street right now, but uh, it is. It bodes well for the football games that are going to kick off when the temperature goes back up 10 degrees and the right. steam starts rising. <laughs> and off the field turf that everybody's going to play on. I looked at the, the weather app right now, and it's 70 degrees. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. But at 7 o'clock, it's going to go back to 82 degrees. That should bode well for all of the natural grass fields that everybody <laughs> wants to play on with their brand-new white uniforms that they got over the summer. And you're not going to be able to tell who's who by the end of the night. But luckily, some extra, extra schools put in some turf this year, so not going to have that problem at Bath, at Liberty Benton, at Wapak. So it'll be, it'll be nice. There will be plenty of good football. Obviously, right here on our airwaves at 6.30, you'll be taking the mic. Uh, is, is Jacob going to work with you again Jacob, tonight? Jacob will be there tonight. He's a trooper, that, he is, that guy. Yes, he's, uh, we, we learned some things last <laughs> night, but uh, we, we're good for tonight. So you'll be down in, in Walpock and uh, watching Marion Local take on the Redskins. And I, I am honestly intrigued uh, by that game, but... Uh, the season started last night, and, and I don't want to spend all of our first couple of segments on it, but we'd be, I think, negligent if we didn't talk a little bit about what we saw, because I don't think either of us expected the outcome. Yeah, I didn't expect Lima Sr. to beat Toledo Bowser 60 to nothing. That, that <laughs> yeah, is yeah, that was uh, the, the largest margin of victory in school history for Lima Sr. Um, I, I Thank wasn't you, Tim Ludwig. Yes, appreciate Tim Ludwig, the official Lima Sr. historian, uh, giving us that information. That uh, biggest, most points they'd ever scored in one half with forty six. Um, when I got the news that, that hey they're up forty six to nothing in half, I was like, what? What? Forty six to nothing? Now, and I don't mean to be a you know the bearer of of bad news or be a killjoy of any kind, but they play in a pretty good league. Yes, <laughs> and yes, I, they, I'm, I'm wondering yes, how many do. league games it's going to take them to get sixty. Uh, it will be more than a couple, I imagine. <laughs> but 60 to nothing is a, I mean, that's a big win for them, and they got a lot to be excited about today. And probably now that they look at the weather right now, are glad that they drove to Toledo yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> rather, yeah. rather than right this second. I, I ta- talked about it a little bit last night on the show, just what, what last night could be. Really big opportunity for them. And, and, you know, biggest win in school history in terms of margin of victory, but maybe the most win- needed win in recent oh, yeah. history, for sure, in the history of the program. To just get started on that right foot, to, to start a season where we weren't sure if this, if this tree, tree comes is through coming the, through this, this tree window, comes through the, window of the studio, we may not be able to continue the show. <laughs> it's looking a little shaky here at times. So. I, I, it doesn't look like it can reach the window, and it almost is. Like the branches <laughs> are tickling the window. Yeah, it's trying. Uh, yeah, yeah, I just think, you know, in a, a season where you're not quite sure maybe what the expectations are to start a season 60 to nothing at Bad Boys. Yeah, I don't to. want to swear on <laughs> yeah, here, but yeah. what is going on out there? Like, <laughs> it, it came out of nowhere. It's it, it's got to be forty five mile an hour winds. Just blowing this, like, and that's not a tall, that's not a small tree. 
That's a, that's a nice sized tree. It's looking at coming. We can see it window. from our window. It can't be small. <laughs> <laughs> we can see it from that's our right. window. That's right. We're on the second floor. We're high atop the square here in downtown Lima. So we'll we'll uh, I, we might have to just close the blinds. And I'm going to move to the other side of the table. <laughs> I don't need to see these fine. screens. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Lima Senior is sixty nothing win last night. That's a that's a good win for them. And then Shawnee starting off with a a win over a very good LCC squad. Jerry Cooper's uh, team has to feel really good about themselves today. Absolutely, certainly would think so. I mean, again, not certain what the expectation was. Knew that LCC had been trending in the right direction defensively, and you know some question marks and and not I don't so much question marks, some questions to be answered, and some opportunities offensively for guys to take on roles that they haven't yeah. had. It looks like they answered those questions extremely well. We've got more time to get into that, and I'm sure we will uh, throughout the program. But you know, we we like to do on Fridays what I jumped the gun on because I declared yesterday a Friday just strictly out of exhaustion. Uh, what we may have missed this week, part two, is what we're going to call this. Uh, any headlines, any stories that were a part of the sports landscape that we simply just couldn't get to. By the way, the Indians took away one of those opportunities. They did. Uh, <laughs> and, and one of the things that I uh, that generally is not on my radar, but it, it was for this day was the NBA releasing the Christmas Day games. Now, the entire schedule has came out today, but they they do a really great job of putting like they know where their bread is buttered and they don't Certainly. they don't mess around that they know that there's not a whole else I'm sure they're not thrilled that there are a couple of NFL games on Christmas Day this year and one of them being the Browns at the Packers um but they they have some darn good matchups on Christmas Day it's, that, it's like 6 right um yeah. there's 5 5, five okay. Pretty good matchups. There's Hawks Knicks, which two of the you know upcoming it's a playoff team, right? Two of the upcoming teams at noon. Celtics Bucks, defending champs, playing the Celtics. Warriors Suns, Nets Lakers, Mavs Jazz. It's a pretty good Christmas day. That's now, that's good. That'll that'll I, well it'll it'll plan most of my day. Oh, I, I see. It's one of the very few days that I will sit down and just inject the NBA into my veins because like it's either watch. Celtics Mavs or talk to Aunt Linda. We're going to go Celtics Mavs on well, that one. I'm going to declare on August the 20th that I will be watching as much of that as I can. Now, having said that, there will be at there. least three different family stops that must be made, and I and I will still have three-year-old daughters at all of those stops, <laughs> and I will be the only person in any room in any of those stops that would suggest that we watch the NBA. Um, but I'm I'm going to do my level best. I'm going to try to commit myself to that. Um, and you're right. The NBA knows how to do at least one thing. They really, really push about opening night. They yeah, do the ring yeah. ceremony somewhere. That's on TNT. They get a couple of good opening night games. And then they just say, you know what? Don't worry about us. We'll see you at Christmas. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and that's when it, the season starts for the you know the casual fan. But like, one of the things that just drives me nuts is baseball's really bad about that, that they have several holidays at their disposal that they don't usually make it uh, an event out of. They're like, ah, hell, whatever. It's the Marlins and the Royals on July 4th. Enjoy it. You're like, yeah. wait, no, no. Like, you you have the opportunity to to really make – you have Memorial Day. You have, you have Easter, Memorial Day, Flag Day, the 4th of July, Labor Day, basically all to yourself, and you waste it. Well, clearly they're trying to fix that. I mean, they put the Reds and the Cubs in Iowa next year. That's right. That's, you know <laughs> – 
the the first full year of the Cubs rebuild. Uh, Going to be a great. Well, uh, the, for the Cubs, they won't have to move their their minor league guys very far. They'll just <laughs> right, take them to right, Dyersville right, and play them. Right, I mean, they're, they're already playing in Iowa most them of the over, season. They're putting them on a canoe and floating down the Des Moines <laughs> River to get to get to Dyersville. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I was not even aware the NBA schedule release was due because the whole NBA calendar is completely out of my mind because it's so skewed and yeah. everything is so off. Now, we're getting a little closer to normal with the way things have played out, you know, the draft behind us and free agency. Still not on par with where it's supposed to be. If they can actually have a season with fans that starts around Halloween like it's supposed to, we've got a chance for it to feel normal. I spent time talking to NBA yesterday because... LeBron apparently is disappointed that he wasn't voted as the best player in the league by any of the 10, all of 10 executives and scouts that got got surveyed for this off-season yeah. survey about I was the gonna, league's best player. I was going to ask you about that before the show that he's, you know, he's all gassed up, but are are I don't I don't think those 10 guys are wrong. Is he the best in the game anymore? Uh I made this argument on the air. See, I, I I got I got to Shawnee yesterday yeah. and Jacob Brigali says you were gone for five minutes, and John Cook's talking basketball. <laughs> <laughs> he was, he well, was like, you were out of that for... studio for five minutes, and John Cook's talking about basketball. Well, if you're not here, and I don't have someone to, oh, I, to I, at least have some interplay with while I talk, what else am I going to talk I, about? I, I feel you. So, no, I, I, I made the argument yesterday that I think there is a difference between greatest player and best player. Best, to me, is a current time-restricted situation. It's best in a season, best in a week, gotcha. best in a month. You know, the best right now. Uh, the greatest player in the history of the game is still either Michael or LeBron, and I think LeBron is making a legitimate argument to replace Michael, mm -hmm. and you can argue against it all you want, and it, it can be perfectly logical. But as far as overall skill and ability to dominate a game right now by himself, LeBron is at least third in the league, and if that would somehow get to his ears and send him back to Twitter, I would gladly wear that badge. Yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's outrageous. I don't think it's ridiculous. I think that's it's fair, and it makes me obviously everybody thinks they're the best. Um, I've heard I have heard Paul Pierce say he's one of the five best basketball players of all time. So everybody thinks they're the best. And but tr truthfully, if you're LeBron, I, I think it's probably good that it went that way because he's not given a lot of reason to really find extra motivation at this point in his career and he does use those things to do that right. so good for him good on him he can do that so hey listen that's a pretty good open to the show we've got a lot to get through we're going to talk a little bit about last night's games also we're no longer in danger i think and, this tree the, has calmed down the trees have almost stopped wobbling just a little bit of a wisp of wind <laughs> in the air and there's no more sideways rain and the, the so yeah i think we've got a chance to finish the show and you'll want to hopefully stick around and be a part of that we got poll questions coming up right after this and we'll get into monday's headlines today later in the program as well you're listening to cookie and the monster i'm john he's garrett this is sports radio 93 one the fan Hey, welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio. Garrett and I are presented, as always, by Jerry Lewis McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com. You can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. Uh, it is 4.18. I'm supposed to say 4.15, but I always make us late. So it's 4.18. <laughs> so we are, uh, as usual, ready to talk Twitter poll questions today. Yes, so the very first poll question, up similar to yesterday, we're asking, who wins tonight in the fan game of the week? Marion Local or Wapak? 82% say Marion Local. Yesterday it was darn near 50-50. Uh, I think LCC was the winner of 52-48. Johnny was the winner on the field 2013. So maybe our listeners can't be trusted to pick high school football games. I don't know. But 82-18, uh, Marion Local. 
leading that poll, and you can vote until 545 at 931 to fan on Twitter. Yeah, somebody needs to get that to Walpock. I, I mean, that's yeah. got to be some sort of board, <laughs> right, board right, material, like right? These two, gas ba- these two gas bags on the radio <laughs> are talking about a poll, and we're losing 82 to 18? Yeah. Uh, we'll see if when that uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll be able to see when that picks up in, in Wapak that, uh, hey, wait a second. Uh, also, we're asking, which was the more surprising one last night? Was it Shawnee over LCC or Lima Senior over Toledo Bowser? And I don't know that Lima Senior over Toledo Bowser was a, a gigantic surprise, but 60 to nothing is 60 to nothing. Yeah. That's, that's a whole different level of, oh – Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, seriously, I you're. I guess if you ask the question, who, what's more surprising, Shawnee winning or Lima Senior winning, it's easy to say Shawnee winning is more surprising. If what's more surprising, the outcome of the game right. is a little different it's because thirteen or yeah, sixteen to nothing. Ha, had you asked me if Shawnee wins, what's the score going to be? I would have said it's going to be a touchdown or less right. if Shawnee low, wins. Low scoring. If I'd have said if senior high wins, are they going to win by six touchdowns or ten touchdowns, I would have said probably not. Right. <laughs> just, just a hunch I've got. They're probably not going That's to win by 60. Unlikely. And they won by 60. Uh, and 63-37 is the vote right now. Shawnee over LCC was the bigger surprise to our audience so far. And our final poll question, and this was asked in a TikTok. <laughs> a very popular question. The, the, uh, TikTok to Team USA Basketball, where they asked every player, is a hot dog a sandwich? And it became, it was 6-5, yes. And I forget, there, Jason Tatum maybe was the one that was like, that's a trick question, I'm not answering it. And so I don't, I don't know how that's a trick question, uh, but it was there were strong opinions on both sides of that aisle. So we are asking our very informative, our, our very informed audience: Is a hot dog a sandwich? And right now, fifty-five percent say no. So I want to ask, and I don't really have a vote. I just want to ask I the do. fifty. I do. I guess I do. By I do. by, and I'll, by saying what I'm about to say, it's going to be a pretty strong indication. If, if you're in that 55% that voted no, a hot dog is not a sandwich, I swear to God, I want you to call during this show, 419-227-9393 or one 894 espn 888-894-3776. If you voted no, a hot dog's not a sandwich, what the hell is it? Right, yeah. Well, How do we define a hot dog? Uh, see, the, there were several players who said it's not between two pieces of sandwich, uh, two, two pieces, pieces of, of bread. bread, it's just one. Okay, so is a sub from Subway not a sandwich? Like, that's not two pieces of bread. It's one piece they of bread. They split a loaf right, right down the right, middle. <laughs> right. They split the whole thing right down the gullet. What, 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 how is it not a sandwich? I, and again, if you want to vote no, fine, but you need to be prepared to tell me what you call it. The, the people who say a hot dog is not a sandwich are the same people who will tell you that a thumb's not a finger. You don't call <laughs> yeah. it your thumb finger. Like, I understand that. It's still a finger. A hot dog the is a sandwich. The appendages on your hand are fingers. Well, and the, one so, of them is a thumb. I think Draymond Green. I think, which I could dis, like Draymond Green could say the sky is blue. I'd be like, shut up! You don't know what you're talking about. It would uh, at least make you question it. Oh, uh, <laughs> so he said, <laughs> "Well, you don't call it a hot dog sandwich. I don't call it a hamburger sandwich. I don't call it a cheeseburger sandwich. I don't call it a a roast beef sandwich. I don't call it, like uh, there are lots of. I don't call it a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I just call it peanut butter and jelly." <laughs> Just because you don't use the same right, bread. right? Just because you don't say the word sandwich after it doesn't mean it's not a sandwich. Oh, a hot I, dog I, is a sandwich. Do you think anybody will call? 
I, I think hope, anybody will call and tell us what they think a hot dog I, is if I it's not a sandwich. See, I mean, because if they call and they say it's just a hot dog, I'm going to puke. Well, see, somebody was like, it's it's just a hot dog. I forget who it was. Maybe JaVale McGee was like, it's not a hot dog sandwich. A hot dog is just a hot dog. It's like if you put it between bread, yes, it is a sandwich. And I don't know how they counted that, but he was like, a hot dog is just a hot dog. <laughs> This isn't some like philosophical question. I'm not asking you to like quote Voltaire in your answer. Just it's a piece of meat inside some bread. Like that is a hot, that is a sandwich. That is a sandwich. Yeah, I don't I don't know what more you oh. what more you need. There. I'll tell you what. If you are, if you're listening right now and you think you can get better quality radio than what you just got for the last six and a half minutes, I don't. I want to question your no, sandwich. I was going to say we will we will uh, throw everything else aside that we've got planned for today and strictly decide whether hot dogs or sandwiches. Do you or not think anybody buys that we have a plan for the day? Uh, no. <laughs> No, no, I don't. Well, we do have to plan our little conversation about Monday's headlines today, and that's what we're going to do next. On the other side of this Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout, we will get Monday's headlines today from Cookie and the Monster right here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio. I'm John Cook. He's Garrett Seatwright. Together we are Cookie and the Monster every weekday from four to six and last week we started this and i, I kind of like it i don't i mean it's it's going to get more and more interesting as as we get to stop talking about and speculating on preseason football because that's essentially really all there is to talk about but uh and i'm gonna i'm gonna become a little chris berman like here for just a moment you remember how chris berman every nfl preseason they would ask for the super bowl picks and it was always yeah, the always Buffalo the Bills. Bills. No one, but no one circles the wagons like the Bills. Well, last week, my first Monday's headline today was the Reds after sweep now have just one half. They're just a half game out of the wild card. <laughs> so I'm going I'm to go back Going to back. the well. And, and I, I'm not going to predict a sweep. But I am going to say <laughs> on Monday, the headline will say Reds now in the lead in the NL wild card. They are going to pass San Diego this weekend, um, mostly because I just... I need that to happen. I, I need the Reds to take the wild card lead for at least a few days in August. And then the Reds sign Rudy Gobert to touch everything so they can shut the whole season <laughs> down. And when they start it back up, playoffs, baby. We, we should not even be allowed to joke about shutting anything <laughs> down. I am just not at all comfortable uh, with the, that. The amount of uh, games in bigger cities and in Indiana today that I have seen scroll across the Twitter feed that at 11 o'clock this morning were postponed or due to our opponent we will not be playing tonight yada 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 there's been an awful lot it's like in, in our state Dayton, yeah in dayton toledo columbus oh, cleveland there's okay been, see i'm out of the loop yeah and then and just across the border there's been a lot of fort wayne's indianapolis's we will not be playing today so, see I, I, that's 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 disappointing so i stabbed the well there, there's we a, there's a chance for a real monday's headline <laughs> today oof, that we'd oof. like to avoid so that's my first one reds will reds have wild card lead monday headline speaking of baseball one of my headlines they've got is otani hits fourth weekend home run during angel sweep as they play the indians this weekend that they will play in the little league world series classic on sunday night um in williamsport which i think i would it would be must see tv if they played on the same field that the little leaguers played on the fences were only 250 feet or whatever. How many home runs does Shohei Otani hit in a weekend? He gets to play in a Little League park. 225, 250 to center field. I'm, that's must-see TV to me. I, like, Oh, the Angels win 41 to 38. And, uh, but they've the uh, Angels come to Cleveland and then they go to Williamsport. Uh, give me Shohei Otani hitting four bombs this weekend. All right. I, I, not, I've, I've got it recorded. Not great 
tribe pitching right now. So I left myself with about three other options, and one of the options I left myself for a Monday's headline today was just because I I don't know anything about golf and don't really watch golf, but I like it when I do watch it, and I follow it just enough to know who who I think right, who? is pretty damn good. And, and and then I watch guys that are supposed to be pretty damn good go months and months and months and be don't win. Not, be not good. And, and so I don't understand it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one and maybe maybe come back to it. Um, I'm I'm gonna say this: the the, the the Jacksonville Jaguars are supposedly in a quarterback battle. We keep being yeah, told yeah, by yeah, their yeah. we keep being told by Urban Meyer that he hasn't made a decision. In fact, I read today that he's thinking it to, could take a few more weeks to make a decision. They play. Uh, September twelfth or whatever is, is their opener, and he's thinking that he'd like to make the decision, you know, sooner than than that, but than week three of the postseason. But he might not. So that means the decision hasn't been made who his starter is, and they are right now alternating days with the first unit. So Lawrence gets the first unit one day, then Gardner Minshew gets the first unit, and I don't know where they'll be in that rotation on Monday night when they play the Saints on Monday night. But I'm going to go ahead and just say that Monday's headline will be that. Uh, that Gardner Minshew is starting weeks week two of the preseason. And I think he's going to be doing it to just continue to motivate Trevor Lawrence. So that'll be my other one of my other Monday's headlines today. Do, do you think Urban Meyer's just a really bad communicator at that? Because Cardale Jones swears, swears that when they played Virginia Tech on Labor Day in 2015, that when they went to take the first snap, he and JT Barrett both stood there and Urban looked at J- Cardale and said, what are you doing? You're in. Because he didn't know that he was the starter. Now, I don't know if I believe that story, but is, does Urban Meyer just assume everybody else knows what he's thinking, or, or what's the deal there? Because Cardale Jones swears by that story, that he looked at me and said, what are you doing? Go out there. Well, I, I, don't, I don't really. I, I would assume that, that Urban Meyer is a very good communicator. I would assume that sometimes when he handles his quarterbacks the way that he does, he does it st- strictly for the sole purpose of making them completely focus on the task at hand yeah. in that moment for that day. And I, I imagine he knows that both Gardner Minshew and Trevor, basically he knows Trevor Lawrence can handle the psychological warfare that Urban Meyer's thrown in because he knows, they both know who's the, who's the starter on week one. They both know that Trevor Lawrence is the starter. Well, I'm going to interrupt our headlines because I don't know. Oh, I don't got... let you choose. Are we going to go to Mike from Greenville or are we going to Jim Tom from Alger? Let's go Let's go to Mike from Greenville first. All right. Mayor First Home Mortgage Hotline. We're going line one. Mike from Greenville. Mike, welcome to the program. How are you? Thank you. Hey! Did we lose Mike? Hey! Certainly sounds like we lost hey. Mike. Apparently isn't there, so we got to switch and go to Jim. Yeah, so you got to click. Oh, got to click. There we go. Yep, there we go. All so, right. So Jim, Jim Tom from Alger. This is my neck of the woods. Jim Tom. Hey John. Did we lose him too? You got Mike. You got Mike from. Come Greenville. on, we had two callers. They both left. John. There we go. There you are. Now you I can hear you. I hope I, I probably killed Mike and couldn't hear him. Oh, uh, that could be. Right, Mike, call back if you want to. Wait a minute. I got it. Just in case he's listening. Mike from Greenville, give us a call back if you need to. Jim Tom, you're on. Go, buddy. Hello, Jim Tom. John. All right. There he oh, is. That, no, that's Mike. That's Mike. Is that Mike? This is Mike from Greenville. Okay, Mike. Go. I just want to, I just want to settle. Uh, uh. Can't right, keep so, on the air. Yeah, so, we, yeah. Yeah, so we lost both. Something's up. Now Can't we officially lost both of them. 
Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but this is what happens, I guess, sometimes. This wouldn't be the first time we've had problems with the phone. I, I, I was in on one Saturday morning when <laughs> oh, I, we, we had no phones, and we had just put out the trivia question. Like, we had just put out the trivia question, <laughs> and there were no phones. Yeah, nobody to talk to. That'll happen so, every once in a while. All right, while. back to our headlines, and we'll wait and see if they call back. Uh, speaking hey. of quarterback battles. Yes, sir. I just have flat out. Buckeyes named C.J. Stroud starting quarterback. Like, it's, it's going to happen at some point this weekend that Ryan Day or on Monday Ryan Day will say all right enough screwing around <laughs> the season is in two weeks and a week and a half really let's let's just get this out of the way we all know what this is going to be we all know where this is going you can pretend like you you know you want to leave it up to choice that Minnesota's got to prepare for Jack Miller they, they're not going to prepare they know that CJ Stroud is a starting quarterback everybody knows it well if you're going if you I mean if you're going to name it I Now's the time. I mean, I, there's no upside right, just, to waiting longer. Right, just do it. And get it over with. And I think everybody assumes it's coming. We're going to talk to Spencer Holbrook from 11 Row later in the program and maybe see if he's got any more insight into that. But it seems like at this time of year, quarterback battles are the whole, like, the, that's that's what everybody's focus is. And there's only two or three legitimate ones. But I'm going to go ahead and say this one, too. This is going to be another Monday's headline today for me. Uh, Andy Dalton, name starter uh, for the Chicago Bears. and I And I say that simply because... I've heard enough discussion. I've read a little bit today. Um, Justin Fields is better. Um, Matt Nagy wants to start Justin Fields. Justin Fields is going to be the starter. Um, but they, they, they play Buffalo on Saturday, right? Chicago's got Buffalo. Uh, that's Buffalo for which Mitch Trubisky's probably going to play yeah. quite a little bit. So that'll be interesting just to see how that goes. And I think coming off of that, they're going to have one preseason game left. I think they're going to name Andy Dalton the starter for one reason. Andy Dalton is going to take all of the abuse that the Los Angeles Rams can can dish out in week one of the regular season. <laughs> and, then, and then Justin Fields is going to start when they come home to play the Bengals. <laughs> see, I, I, I'm very, a very firm believer in that that's going to be a back and forth all year that Matt Nagy is coaching for his job. So when... Andy Dalton's playing well. They're going to go with Andy Dalton. And the second he stinks, they're going to go with Justin Fields. And the second he stinks, they're going to go back to Andy Dalton. I feel like they are going to go flip-flop several times, and it's going to be a disaster that I can't wait to watch. See, and I feel a little bit differently about it. Because Matt Nagy is coaching for his job, I feel like if you really are coaching for your job, I don't see the upside in saying everybody knows what Andy Dalton is, good, bad, or otherwise. I mean, in, in solid NFL – we're going to start this guy, right. and I'm going to attach my job security to him. Or you have the option of saying, it was my desire to move up and draft Justin Fields. This is the guy yeah. I wanted, and I'm going to put him in there, and he's going to save my job. And if he doesn't, you did it your way. I just, I, I really wonder if there's an upside to saying, no one is excited about what Andy Dalton is, his ceiling. And if my job's in jeopardy, do I go with the guy that doesn't have a ceiling that excites anyone? Well, I, I heard um, I heard Bobby Carpenter on ESPN Radio last night, and he put it really well that you can't fool the room. You can't fool the group. You can fool one or two guys, but if those guys in the Bears locker room know that Justin Fields is a better quarterback, you're going to lose those guys by playing Andy Dalton, especially in your fourth year where there's there are questions about what your job security is and whether you're even really all that competent. If you try to try Andy Dalton out there and everybody on your team knows Justin Fields is better, you're going to lose those guys. You still got to play Andy Dalton in week one. You cannot let Justin Fields take the field against Aaron Donald and those guys in week one uh, yeah. and just get absolutely pulverized in his first start. Now, do I think it's fair to let any human get pulverized? Not necessarily, but Andy Dalton's pro been through it before. And he's the, <laughs> right, guy, that, he's the guy that you're going to run out he's there, get especially when you've got a chance to have a, a week two matchup at home with the Bengals. 
I, I just I just think, and again, that's not an original thought. I've probably heard that from four different <laughs> professional guys today who made that statement, uh, or yesterday and today. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, sometimes something just makes a ton of sense, so why yeah. not? Well, we're going to get to where we need to get to a break, but I want to go back to the phones, and I'm going to go ahead back and try to get to Mike from Greenville. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, cooking you. I'm upright taking in air, my man, so we're calling it a win. Hey, I, by the way, the hot dog the hot dog is a sandwich. It is a sandwich, correct? It is a sandwich, Kirk. Yes. See, that's it. That yes. settles it. Mike from Greenville said it's a sandwich. It's a sandwich. That's, we're, we're settled. In fact, because, Mike, if, if, you, if you leave your number with our producer, we'll let anybody that wants to argue with you call you. <laughs> you got your onion, you got your ketchup, and you got your chili. Chili also, but it's a sandwich. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what other option you have to call it. You can't call it a salad just because you don't want to call it a sandwich. Right. Can't <laughs> really true. call it a soup. So I think it's got to be a sandwich. Mike, we appreciate the call, buddy. Thanks. All right, thanks. All right, we're gonna go back to line one. Jim Tom from Alger. I can't wait. What up? Hi. Hi. Hey. Hey. Jim Tom. Jim, can hey, you turn Jim, your radio turn down? Turn your radio down, down please. Well, hold on a minute. Hold on. Can you turn your radio hold down on a just a little? There we go. Hey, Thank I'm you. a long-time listener, first-time caller. I love you guys. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Hey, a hot dog is not a sandwich. It is not even close to a sandwich. If a sandwich requires two pieces of bread, there's only one piece of bread in okay. a hot dog. Okay, hold on. I, I, I said this to Cookie earlier. So does that mean a, a sub from Subway is not a sandwich because it, it's only one piece of bread just sliced in half? A hot dog bun is one piece of bread sliced in half just like a sub sandwich. So Here's a sub- what I know. Here's what I know. I look at a hot dog. It doesn't look like a sandwich. It doesn't look like a sandwich. It looks like some sort of sexual abomination. It looks like a sinful thing. It's not something that is a sandwich for sure. You don't put soup like chili on a sandwich. You don't put soup in a sandwich and put it in a bowl. Sometimes it's easier to surrender. Jim Tom, you win, buddy. Yeah, all right, all right. Okay, all right. Was that real? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's going to be used as a promo till 2025. <laughs> I promise you that. All right. All right. I don't know what they're paying the us to do this show, but we should we should get a raise for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, there's the boss walking out the door right now. So uh, <laughs> now's the time to ask. We just the word sexual abomination in regards to a sandwich was just used on our airwaves. So. There's oh. no possible. That guy knows I'm from Alger. That was somebody making fun of me and my people. That was somebody making fun of me and my go, people. Go through your old ex, start texting. Mm-hmm. All right, who knows who Jim Tom was? It was worth the time, I got to say. It's, it's simply that. It was worth the time. I don't know what else to say about that. That was that was quite that was quite something. So we're through Monday's headlines today. You're saying Otani's going to hit four homers four and C.J. Stroud's going to be the starter? Days. I'm saying that the Reds are going to have the wild card lead and that Trevor Lawrence is going to be benched for the week two of the preseason uh, just for motivational sake. So we'll see. I don't know that that would be a headline, but I would say that Monday, when they play Monday night, they got to have something to write about them on Monday morning right, before they know. play Monday night. So yep. I think that's going to be what they write. Yep. So we'll take our Don Jenkins jeweler timeout. We are, gosh, I can't, I'm, I've got us so far behind here. It's unbelievable. Well, uh, Jim Tom's <laughs> sexual abomination joke uh, is, all right, uh, that's... Yeah, it, it is. That's We've got we, us to where we, we are now. Late or not late, we got to get to a break. We're going to take that Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout right now. We'll come back right after this. You're listening to John and Garrett Cookie and the Monster on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. 
It is hour number two right here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1. The fan of Cookie and the Monster, although Cookie's solo now for the remaining hour because Garrett has had to hightail it down to Walpock, get ready for tonight's broadcast. 6.30 airtime, Walpock taking on Marion Local in high school football right here on Sports Radio 93.1. The fan uh, should be a good listen, should be an entertaining game. You know, I've spent most of my... Well, all my life, really, in Northwest Ohio, I guess, unless you consider you know moving all the way to Jackson Center for a couple of years, not being in Northwest Ohio. But I've heard the, the, the standard joke of, if you don't like the weather around here, just wait 10 minutes and it'll change. And I am not kidding at all when I say that Garrett and I were legitimately concerned that a very large tree outside the window of our studio was going to come through said window because of a storm that blew through here early on in the program and the water was coming out of the sky sideways and you couldn't really see the road very well and I'm looking out the basement doctor studio window right now and it is blue skies and sunshine and the pavement is almost dry and I don't know what the temperature had to have been when the weather came through but I'm going to guess it's 7 to 10 degrees warmer right now um, just unbelievable but anyway that I digress I, that's just amazing to me I uh, wanted to get into a little bit of last night's game we had so many things we had planned to cover uh, starting back on Wednesday and then getting going to have the show and Thursday's show we you know we had to cut some things out so we uh, we got through our what was missed uh, part two this week we did our poll questions in Monday's headlines today and so we didn't get to really talk about our broadcast game from last night very much and Garrett uh, obviously is not here to talk about it but he called the game last night and first of all I, I guess you know we've already said our congratulations to Shawnee um, you know a, a week one win is a week one win and we, we were pretty I thought honest about our assessment of things on the air yesterday that uh, on paper at, at least LCC would have been considered the favorite in that game. But you know, I've we've been asking all preseason of every coach that we talk to, what is the impact of the shortened preseason, the reduction in practice time, scrimmaging after four, maybe five practices, you know, squeezing in another scrimmage and then getting to games as quickly as you do. And most of the coaches talked about the unlimited practice time in the summer being beneficial for installing their offense and hopefully not getting too far behind. Um, but there are just certain things that, that I think are part of preseason practice that, that you're going to struggle with. And if last night's game was any indication, it feels to me like I, you know, I, I'm a little bit right. Um, there were four scores in the first half of last night's game. Shawnee's first score came on a fumble and a scoop and score on a 30-yard fumble return. And let me just say by Keegan Wilson and and, and I, well, I'm not in the press box and I didn't I'm not violating any sort of ethic by saying I'm standing and applauding uh, figuratively for Keegan because he's my guy. <laughs> I really really like Keegan Wilson. He was a camper at ONU's camps for a long time when when he was younger. He developed a good relationship with my son um, and. To, to see him get that highlight on opening night, first score of the season for your team, defensive scoop and score. And then in the in the paper, I get to see, or on the uh, Lima News website, I get to see the big embrace between Coach Cooper and Keegs. That was a, a cool moment. But that's a defensive score. First score of the, of the season, a defensive score. LCC put together two scoring drives, and I almost put drives in air quotes because of uh, miscues by the Shawnee offense. They had a 30, or I shouldn't say, one miscue by the Shawnee offense and then a special teams lapse. Again, which are all, to me, things that are going to be more common with less practice time. Um, LCC had, a, I think, a 33-yard drive and a 35-yard drive uh, to get into the end zone twice to take a 13-7 lead. 
And the only um, legitimately sustained drive of the game really was was Shawnee's first possession of the second half. Um, you know, they come out and, and take a lead, 20-13, to 13, on a pretty impressive drive to start the second half. Mind you, at, at halftime uh, of last night's game, LCC had outgained Shawnee 154 yards to 62 yards of total offense. Now, in, in Shawnee's defense to a, to a degree, there was a, a big loss, 20-plus yards, uh, on, when a snap went over the quarterback's head, and, and they had to, to scramble around and, 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 and cover it, and then they had a, uh, another 10-yard loss on a snap. So those are big chunks out of that. But only, I mean, it was, it was more than 2-1, to one, um, you know, in terms of yards in the first half LCC over Shawnee. And I, I don't know what percentage of the problems that both offenses appeared to have could be attributed uh, to limited practice time, I'm just going to assume that that was some of it. And when you when you look at those turnover situations, again, I think that's part of what happens when you have limited practice time. But Shawnee did what they had to do. Coach Cooper said in the paper that they, they felt like coming out of the locker room in the second half, uh, they were being hurt by the LCC line slanting and, and taking advantage of some things. So they decided to try to run right, right at them and, and get physical with them, and, and they did. Down the field they went. They took the 20 to... 13 lead and they they held on i mean lcc made a, a threat late but um you know it, it's it's a good win a, an opening night win is an opening night win there's not a coach that would have coached last night and there are no coaches on the slate tonight that are going to apologize for an opening night win nor should they but i i've got to believe coming out of that game that both coaches um you know have to feel like last night's game is not likely to be representative of who their teams are and that's the, the, the tough part about football. It's You lace them up 10 times, and, and on an off night, those things can happen. Now, there is admittedly less pressure on each night in the high school football season now compared to what there once was uh, because of the expanded playoffs. And look, I am not – I guess I'm not a typical sports radio guy because it seems to me like everybody wants to have two or three types of discussions in sports radio. You either want to have a conversation where you list the best of – something and then debate who the best are on the list and whether you debate across eras that that seems to be uh, a really important thing that people do on sports talk shows and and we may use it it may be some content for us particularly when there's not a lot to talk about um you know that's one of the things i don't really necessarily want to do with sports talk radio i i I just don't feel like there's a, a lot of benefit to that um and, and there are other things, too, that I think fall into that category. But when you look at the expanded playoffs, that's one of those topics that's, a, that's also a kind of a sports radio thing. Here's what's going on in sports, good or bad, and then you argue good or bad. And I heard Bobby Carpenter this week on, on a station out of Columbus, former Buckeye, talking about how much he hates the expanded playoffs in Ohio high school football and, and wants it to go away. Well, I, I don't know how you feel about it, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to engage in conversation about good, bad, or otherwise. The decision has been made. It's not been my experience that when the sports entities that run high school sports in Ohio, when they do things to expand opportunity, it's just not very common that they end up going back on that and then restricting opportunity for teams to compete. So it's not like we're going to go back the other way, at least in my opinion. Um, But it does undeniably take some of the pressure off of regular season football. Now, having said that, there is absolutely no way that Coach Scott Palti and the LCC Thunderbirds feel better about their situation because there's less pressure uh, on these games. 
you know, now they still have nine regular season games left. Um, it is awfully cliche to say that most often teams will make their biggest improvement of the season between week one and week two. It is awfully cliche, but there's 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 certainly some. I, I think anecdotally, at least, there's some evidence to support that, and I'm sure that that's what those guys are going to be hoping for, and and probably. Um, the only dis- the only thing that's super disappointing as they look ahead is they've got to wait an extra day before they can play again. I'm sure the LCC kids and coaching staff want to get right back on the field um, after looking at the film from last night. But uh, tip of the cap to Shawnee and uh, in a great win. And obviously, again, still nine weeks left to go. And, and a big night of high school football still ahead of us. Um, we'll look real quickly at the schedule. If you aren't aware, around Lima Land tonight, Upper Saddle Valley is going to travel over to Allen East. Uh, that's a that's a formerly a big rivalry game. It's funny. I mean, it was really dominated by Alanis for years. And then in the probably early 90s, maybe to mid 90s, upper, you know, got a couple of wins in that series. And, and um, I'm not, you know, I think Alanis is a heavy favorite in that one. But you got a lot of traditional opening night matchups like we always have around here. Columbus Grove is at Pandora. It seems like they've played on opening night forever. Corey Rawson at Bluffton. Hard Northern and, and Arcadia are going to get together at Hard Northern. Finley is going to host Anthony Wayne. Uh, the Riverside Pirates, that's that's DeGraff down south of us here. They take on Ansonia. Sydney takes on Bell Fountain. Uh, my good friend Jason Brown, back in coach, or it's been in coaching, but back as the head coach now at Bell Fountain. Wish him luck over there. Ben Logan takes on Triad. Uh, Montpelier and Antwerp in our area. Uh, Ayersville and Delta. Eden and Edgerton. Wasion and Fairview. Those all in the northwest corner. Patrick Henry and Hicksville. Uh, Liberty Center and Tenora all up in the Northwest, and obviously it's become rather traditional for Kenton. Uh, and Coldwater to face off, that'll be tonight down in Coldwater. Covington is going to be at St. Henry, and you're defending state champs in Division Seven, New Bremen. Um, if I can scroll down quickly enough, this thing's not responding. New Bremen is going to live radio host Marion. Is that Marion, Indiana? New Bremen and Marion. And North Baltimore, Evergreen. Van Buren takes on Elmwood. Riverdale at Colonel Crawford. St. Mary's and London. That'll be an interesting matchup. OG takes on Eastwood. And the state champion Van Wert Cougars are going to travel to take on the Bryan Golden Bears while Bath will host the Bowling Green Bobcats. Salina takes on Versailles. And Ridgemont and Van Lu. I don't know how many. I mean, I guess Ridgemont's numbers are up, but I'm, I'm guessing there won't be 50 kids in uniform on both sidelines for that one. So, And then, of course, our broadcast game of the week uh, right here for Friday night is Marion Local at Walpock. Other uh, matchups across Limeland. You can check those out at 419sports.com, and you'll have your virtual scoreboard updated throughout the night on all those matchups. We are going to take our next Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout. we got football at 515 next. I want to talk a little bit of ACC Big Ten Pac-12 Alliance. What the heck does that mean exactly? We'll try to figure that out. On the other side of this, Don Jenkins Jeweler timeout right here on Lima Sports Radio, 93.1 The Fan. Service Master welcomes you to football at 515. Hard work, determination, and sportsmanship create opportunities to be your best. Like Bear Bryant said, it's not the will to win, but it's the will to prepare to win that makes the difference. And that's why at Service Master, they don't cut corners, they clean them. And I kicked around several possible topics to discuss today. I legitimately thought about reading you some of what Urban Meyer has said about the quarterback battle in Jacksonville just because I think people find that somewhat disingenuous. Uh, Maybe the idea that there actually is a competition, but when you read what he had to say uh, recently about it, 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 it sounds as if he's really legitimately trying to make his mind up on a large body of evidence and waiting as long as he possibly can. But I kind of threw that one out because 
I don't know. We, we just seem to talk a lot about that. And I'm willing to acknowledge that there is a bit of Urban Meyer fatigue in our area. And then the, the next part of the, the conversation for me turned to something that might not necessarily be deemed a specifically football conversation. And that is the uh, what appears to be a pending alliance now, which if you remember our poll question from the day before yesterday. Now it had to be a Tuesday because there was no show on Wednesday. Tuesday's poll question about should the ACC, uh, Big Ten, and Pac-12 uh, merge, form an alliance, or do nothing, essentially. And, and this alliance appears to be where things are heading. David Hale and Adam Rittenberg, and nobody covers college football better than Adam Rittenberg, have written an article on ESPN.com that gets into some detail about it. Now, the, the part of it that is maybe the most frustrating is that there's a lot of language in this article. It is it is verbose. And a lot of people are talking, but it's not really anything being said that's very specific. Um, according to one of the athletic directors who is quoted but not named, um, what they are in discussion about is about seeing if there's a philosophical alignment. At this point, there's no financial component. Well, I got to be honest, if, if there's no financial component at this point, then I don't know exactly what the seriousness of the conversations really is, because that's what this is really all about. The ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 uh, are losing footing, losing clout. They are losing ground to the SEC, and for the most part, when it comes to the sport that drives all of this, they had a very large gap or a sizable gap between their leagues and the SEC to begin with. And so when Oklahoma and Texas go to the big or leave the Big 12 to go to the SEC, um, a lot of people start looking around and wondering what's going to happen. Is it going to become a cannibalistic, I'm going to poach your members before you poach my members and we're going to create this, you know, this power five is going to become a power three and we're going to try to make sure we get ourselves guarded. Um, in order to avoid that, the, the leagues begin talking to each other about this idea of alliance. And and there are 41 schools, uh, Notre Dame included in that, because they are, except for football, they are a member of the ACC in everything else. Um, so they start talking about alliance, and, and, and allegedly there, there could be an announcement within the next week or less. Uh, members of the, the committee that was formed between the commissioners and the ADs of the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12, a group of ADs and commissioners from those leagues, uh, are supposed to hold a phone call in the next couple of days um, to kind of talk about specific language of whatever their announcement might be. And uh, again, they talk about philosophical issues. So the only then there are several questions to get that, that are answered in the article. The first the first question that's asked is why are these leagues discussing an alliance? And, and it really comes down to exactly what anybody would, would be able to tell you. Uh, there, there are practical problems here if leagues start coming apart. Scheduling becomes a problem. Um, philosophically, the problem is how do, how do we put together leagues that still somewhat, uh, are, are, we are somewhat uniform or similar in our academic standing as universities. Um, and and they, the, the basic agreement here is, or belief is, that doing an alliance where you reach some agreements on scheduling and some other things is a better alternative than expansion. What I would say is simply this. I think it may be a better alternative to expansion now, but if you're going to go into this, eventually there's going to be expansion. I, I think we're delaying 
the inevitable. And I think, again, the reason I'm saying this is a football at 515 conversation is football is going to drive that. It's going to be about the expansion of the playoff. It's going to be about what gives you the best chance to get the most teams in the playoff. It's going to be about doing something that can allow you to be enough of a presence collectively in television bargaining so you can get more money. It's going to be how do you... Uh, how do you maximize the name, image, and likeness opportunities for your student athletes? And and the alliances may do some of that, but being a part of a league is going to do more of that. I, at least I think so. And I think that's what makes it interesting. Football is going to drive it all. And name, image, and likeness doesn't just exist in football. It's just, to me, it's far more lucrative potentially for football players than it is for the other athletes. The same reason that 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 we've already talked about football driving the, the, the bus, so to speak, in college athletics. It's just the money is going to be greater in college football than it is anywhere else. So that's our football at 515 segment. When we get back from this non-Jenkins Jeweler timeout, we're going to visit with Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row and talk a little Buckeye football and see if maybe C.J. Stroud might be the guy. Finally, we haven't heard that announcement, but Spencer maybe can give us an inside look. We look forward to talking with Spencer and hope you'll join us on the other side of this non-Jenkins Jeweler timeout. I'm John Cook. Uh, right now, covering for Garrett C. Wright on Cookie and the Monster, Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Welcome back into the Basement Doctor Studio, where we're presented by Jerry Lewis McDonald's. You can apply at work at mcd.com, and you can work today and get paid tomorrow at Lewis Family McDonald's. And we are going to go immediately to the Marifirst Home Mortgage Hotline, where I am excited to bring in our next guest. We are visiting with Spencer Holbrook of Letterman Row, where he covers Ohio State football extremely well, I might add, for a young fella, and just happened to be engaged recently. Congratulations, Spence, number one. How are you? I am great. Thank you for the congrats. I'm actually standing in the shadows of a Maslin Tigers indoor practice facility, getting ready to watch some high school football, and I must say I'm not in McGuffey anymore. This place is pretty nice. Okay, so if you're at the, at the indoor practice facility for the Maslin Tigers, does that mean you're not at all kind of missing that you could be watching Coldwater in Canton or Marion Local in Walpock? Uh I would say USV Allen East would be at the top of the pecking order for me if I had to choose, but those other games sound pretty nice as well. Well, I'll tell you, just so you understand, because you can't be at USV Allen East, I'm going to be tonight. I, I will Absolutely. be there. I, I love it. I love it. I, well, I, I don't know if I love it. I just know my wife's an Allen East grad, and I'm an upper grad, so if we're ever going to go see those two teams play, this seems like a pretty good reason to go do it. Now, the likelihood is that my three-year-old twins will be wearing Allen East gear, and I'll probably be pretending like they're not mine at times, but we'll just keep that between you and me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So i got to ask you this question right off the top. One year ago, I'm trying to picture what it was like to be a young reporter in your line of work when there was still at that time, a sizable debate <laughs> about what might be happening with Big Ten football. Describe for me, if you will, the difference between where you were a year ago right now and what you're getting to do right now today. Yeah, it's, it's pretty the, – the contrast is pretty stark. You know, when you talk about having to cover every day, you know, press conferences on Zoom and all the questions are about if they've heard from the Big Ten and if the Big Ten was going to play football and, and how, is there any leadership in the Big Ten, which, by the way, there wasn't any. <laughs> uh, compared to now, when you've actually got some football that's getting ready to be played as soon as next Saturday when Nebraska takes on Illinois, and then from there you get to Ohio State, Minnesota, and, and 12 games hopefully from there. I mean, it, it's, it's a freeing feeling to know that football's here. It's a freeing feeling to know that, that we're going to watch some high school football tonight, and uh, it just seems like we're getting back to a sense of normalcy. It's pretty nice. Well, I'm actually glad you mentioned Nebraska-Illinois, not because I give a squat about that game, because I don't, but... 
I, I'm curious when you do what you do and your job is to cover the Buckeyes, what kind of wrinkles goes through your daily routine when you start to hear things about the things like Nebraska's going through with Scott Frost and the trouble that they might be in? Well, I think that uh, that first weekend in November when Ohio State goes there may be the uh, nail in the coffin for Scott Frost, the first thing I thought of, because you know that could drop him to 5-3 and three or 3-5 three and five or – four and four and, and if he's looking at that kind of season I, I think he's in a pretty bad spot as far as you know they've got Oklahoma and, and Michigan before that and, and Michigan State and a couple other tougher games before that so I from my point of view I just look at it as well Ohio State's got a chance to be that that final uh, nail in the coffin for Scott for us if that if it comes to that and, and I'm just I'm just interested to see how things unfold you know there's there's certain things that are are kind of supposed to happen when a guy goes back to his alma mater and gets his dream job and comes in with a little bit of fanfare, to be honest with you, some real momentum. And nothing that is supposed to happen in that dream scenario has happened for Scott Frost, and now it seems like maybe he and his staff have been uh, maybe responsible for a lot of their un, own undoing when uh, the, the transition to his leadership really wasn't very smooth to begin with. And I didn't have you on here to talk Nebraska football, so we'll move on. I think Governor Wine may have actually issued an executive order that I am mandated as a person living in the state and talking football to ask you if we're ever going to find out prior to kickoff of the opener who the starting quarterback is in Columbus. Well, I think you got a pretty good hint on Monday when Ryan Day said that C.J. Stroud was creating some separation. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious who the guy is uh, inside the building. I think everybody's kind of of the understanding that this thing's all but wrapped up. Uh, C.J. Stroud just looks like a leader right now, and he looks like the guy who's going to be taking those first-team reps. He looks like the guy who, as they start to move into Minnesota mode and and preparing for a season, you're going to see the reps not as even anymore. I think C.J. Stroud's really taken control of that job ever since the summer, really, when we started seeing him milling around the facility, and he was just looking. He looks a little different than Kyle McCord and Jack Miller and obviously Quinn Ewers, who just got there. So it's C.J. Stroud's job. Ryan Day doesn't really have to say it. I think it's just a known fact now at this point that, that it's going to be his team moving forward. And all of those guys are, are capable, talented quarterbacks. But from my estimation, Spence, and I don't see it nearly as closely as a lot of people, and I watch from a distance, but C.J. Stroud, even if he's taking ownership of that position, he, he's not, he doesn't have a lot of the same attributes that we've grown accustomed to with the signer callers in Columbus. He's, he's a different quarterback. He's more of a, 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 if I understand things right, and if what we've seen, I mean, he his strength is as a drop-back passer. And and so I want to hear your thoughts on what you see from him on a daily basis. Will, will it look different the way he runs this offense, or are we going to see more Ohio State football the way we've gotten accustomed to seeing it in, in the past? I mean, will there be a difference? I think it's pretty interesting because they went from JT Barrett and Cardell Jones, who were absolute dual-threat quarterbacks, and you could argue that JT Barrett was a single threat as a runner. Um, even and then they went straight to Dwayne Haskins, who was a true dropback passer, and then they went to Justin Fields, who is a unicorn as far as from the quarterback position. He can do anything better than anyone else on the field. And I'm still trying to figure out how three quarterbacks went ahead of him in the NFL, but that's a side from the point. You get to C.J. Stroud, and he's more of a. I don't want to say, and I don't want to discount C.J. because the expectations to be Justin Fields would be insurmountable. He wouldn't be able to live up to those because Fields is is his own. His own in his own class as far as talent goes. You don't want to say he's a poor man's field, but he can do a little bit of everything. He can run, but also, like you said, he is more of a true passer. He's, he's got a big arm. He, he's, he doesn't have the biggest arm on the team. I think that oh, accolade would go to Cal McCord. Cal McCord just has a, a hose, as they would call it, <laughs> uh, at the next level. 
But C.J. Stroud can do just about everything you need him to, and I think he's going to bring some layers to this offense that, that we truly haven't seen at Ohio State just because as Ryan Day continues to put his stamp on this program, he's going to continue to install more of his offense. Now, we, we've talked about it right here on our local sports center. Garrett has, has put it into his sports center that uh, the long snapper Owen McCullough has, has – basically ended his career at Ohio State for health reasons. That that kind of is a springboard for me for, for the question that I don't get often to ask, and you're, you're around the team quite a bit. How is the overall health of the team? And when you compare it to last year and where we are now, I, I think there is a, a feeling, at least the, the way we conduct ourselves, that we've gotten beyond a lot of the COVID issues, but clearly there are still concerns. Is the overall health of the team good, and and how would you compare the protocols that they're living with today to what they were trying to do a year ago? Well, if you're asking to compare daily testing and six feet apart and masks in the building and small groups for the weight room, I think it's uh, apples and, and lettuce, really, it's not even apples and oranges. Uh, trying to compare them because there's not that many restrictions on what they're doing now. I think Ryan Day said they were close to the threshold for the COVID vaccine protocols um, to be able to to really lift any restraints they would have. The overall health of the team is kind of interesting though because we got to see a full practice on Wednesday for one of the first one of the very few times that I've been covering the team. We got they opened up the entire practice. There were a lot of guys down in the pit uh, working out with with Mick and the strength staff and working out with the trainers, but it was more of a light day off. It was more of a, a light workload. You've got to kind of give these guys a little bit of time off through the grind of training camp. So it's kind of hard to get a little more of a feel for the overall health just because the last time we saw them was Wednesday, and it's the only time we're going to see them until the Minnesota game. And a lot of guys had a day off, so you kind of have to decipher whether that those were true days off or if some guys were, were out for, for injury purposes. I think this team's relatively healthy. I think it's as healthy as you're going to be going into the first game. You're going to have some training camp, uh, nicks and bruises, and – you know, like Thayer Munford's been been limited in practice, but they say he's going to be good to go. A couple other guys, but I think this team is pretty healthy right now, gearing up to uh, to start that prep for the Minnesota game here in I think uh, 13 days, 12 days. Well, I I hope health stays that way. It's it's unfortunate in a sport like football that you you tend to deal sometimes with those borderline catastrophic injuries really early in the season. We'll keep our fingers crossed that that won't happen. I want to ask if, I don't know, you are covering the Buckeyes every day. I know you've got uh, people in your group that, that, that can cover the Buckeyes from a wide array of angles. Has there been much discussion there w- with you guys or, or much following and, and, and tracking the progress of, of uh, Buckeyes in the NFL? Boy, there's a lot of guys in the league um, making rosters and, and trying. I mean, I, I was blown away. I, I saw the number the other day, and I've forgotten the number, but the number of former Buckeyes in the league right now and the number of teams that have three, four, five Buckeyes, do you guys get a chance to track that and, and, and follow the progress of those guys? Well, it's kind of hard when you got 77 of them on rosters right now. Um, <laughs> they, they, there's, there's just so many of them. You know, we got to keep track of 85 scholarship guys on the current roster, and then you throw 77 more at us, and, and it's guys who have accomplished more than you know anybody could ever think of in the NFL. And there's billions of dollars being raked in by these former Buckeyes. I mean, the the track that they've put those guys on, and and the track record that they have at developing talent to get to the next level is. Absolutely off the charts. Um, I think Alabama rivals Ohio State, but right now, you know, with Justin Fields in the NFL, I would take Justin Fields over the Alabama quarterbacks that are in the NFL. And so, if you put the Alabama NFL guys on the field against the Ohio State NFL guys, I'd be uh, pretty confident taking the Ohio State guys. 
It would be. It would certainly be an interesting matchup, and and I, for one, will be a guy that. I mean, Spence. It's no secret there. There have been some Ohio State guys at the quarterback position end up in the NFL, and it just doesn't ever seem to go well. It feels to me like Justin Fields is going to change that and change it dramatically. Uh, but according to what I'm reading, we're going to have to wait a little while longer before we get to hear that Justin Fields is the starter. Yeah, um, I don't. I'm not going to truly get into the whole Andy Dalton is going to be the <laughs> starter there because. If you ask me, that's probably not the smartest idea for a guy who's fighting for his job. So well, we'll I, th- I think a lot of smart guys have said it, so if people think I'm just stealing from the people that I listen to on a daily basis <laughs> or read on a daily basis, I probably am. But I really do think Andy Dalton is going to start the opener because they don't want Fields to have to face Aaron Donald in that Rams defense. And then week two, when they come back home and have a soft landing against the Bengals, you may see Fields under center. But we'll see about that. Hey, my last question for you is an easy one because it's a poll question that we put out on Twitter, and it's just one that gets asked a lot and it makes me laugh and I think there's a right answer but I want to hear what you think is a hot dog a sandwich uh, I would say no unless the unless the bun falls apart <laughs> on the hot dog in which case you've got meat between two different slices of bread which makes it a sandwich so if you're keeping that bun intact not a sandwich it's its own category okay so that see that seems to be the deciding factor for most folks it's got to be a a completely separated split bun but like i don't know man like if you if you said it's its own category so i'm a guy that's got to give it a category if it's not a sandwich what do you call it it's a hot dog it's a hot dog <laughs> it's just like like a taco is a taco i mean taco is bread with meat cheese lettuce in there you going to categorize a taco as a, as a sandwich i don't think so john i think you're i think uh I think we got hot dog as its own category, taco as its own let's, category. Let's start the push and sandwich for sandwich is a sandwich. Let's start the push for hot dog being the leader in the category of processed taco. Wow. <laughs> now you're blowing my mind. I think I gotta get out of here after that. Hey, congratulate your fiance for me. Keep doing great work. We look forward to having you back on the program as the season progresses, my man. Hey, thanks for having me, as always. And we'll talk soon. Take care. He's Spencer Holbrook from Letterman Row and uh, covers the Buckeyes on a daily basis. He will be a regular part of our program going forward uh, to preview the Buckeye weekends probably on Thursdays as we progress through the fall. And appreciate him joining us. We are going to take our next Don Jingles Jeweler timeout. And when we come back, we will be in our final segment. We're going to get us some poll results, get around that water cooler, a couple of NBA topics I want to throw at you. And for the listeners, yes, I'm going to talk basketball. Garrett, if you're listening, I waited a long time after you left the studio to go basketball today. I didn't go to it right away. But uh, there was a retirement this week from NBA circles, and it's worth talking about. And we're going to get to that right after this Don Jingles Jeweler timeout right here on Lima Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan. Final short segment right here on The Fan. Let's talk poll results. We'll skip to the hot dog question last. Uh, who you got tonight? Marion Local or Walpock on our broadcast game of the week. Uh, 6.30 airtime. Garrett uh, will bring you that with Jacob Regali. And uh, according to our Twitter poll voters, Marion Local 81%, Walpock 19%. We'll see how that one plays out. Uh, which was more surprising last night, the Shawnee win over LCC. Still sixty, nearly 62% of the vote more surprising than Lima Senior over Bowser. And is a hot dog a sandwich? Uh, it, it's just sad when you have a group of listeners that you know support you and you really like them and you want to support them, but they're just wrong because they say no, and it's 58% saying no. And I'm telling you that Merriam-Webster, no less of an authority than Merriam-Webster the Dictionary, says that a sandwich is a is two or more slices of bread or a split roll having a filling in between. I, I, I don't know how to say it any more clearly. By that definition, a hot dog is a sandwich. So hot dog's a sandwich. 
Uh, what are we talking about around the cooler today? Well, two things. Number one, Jackie McMullen. I'm, I'm, I'm an NBA junkie. You guys know it. I listen to podcasts. I listen to Windhorst. I listen to Zach Lowe. I listen to the Woj Pod. And Jackie McMullen is an NBA writer. She was hired by the Boston Globe in 1982. She was a writer and eventually an editor. She spent 30 years at the Boston Globe, and she spent the last 10 covering the NBA for ESPN. She announced on Wednesday that she is retiring on August 31st. She'll be on Around the Horn for nearly the 1,000th time, seriously. Uh, on Around the Horn. That'll be her last official activity with ESPN, and she is stepping away. A uh, pioneer as a woman's reporter and great with the league. And also congratulations to former Elida coach, former UNOH coach and AD, Chris Adams. He goes into the Ohio High School Basketball Coaches Hall of Fame tomorrow at 5.30 down in Columbus. What a great and long overdue honor. Look forward to celebrating that with Coach, and I'm sure we'll talk about that tomorrow because we got Sports Wrap with Matt Childers tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. You'll also have Katie uh, at 10 a.m., Katie Gilholy will flip the script, and we've got football tonight. What more could you want? Stay right with us right here on Sports Radio 93.1 The Fan, and have a great weekend, everybody.